Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Bucked Up Podcast. If you don't mind hitting the like, subscribe button, we have new episodes coming out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thank you guys so much for checking it out. This episode is sponsored by Exotic Roots Hydro, which I have to give a huge shout out to. They are a huge supporter of the podcast, and I'm really happy to be working with them. If you're ever in Rochester, New York, and you need to learn about any of your hydroponic needs, go to their shop. You can follow them at Exotic Roots Hydro on Instagram. Shout out their whole team. They have an amazing venue space. Uh, They're going to be putting on tons of events. Just make sure to follow Exotic Roots Hydro on Instagram. And if you're ever in Rochester, definitely stop by. Let's get back into it. It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Now he fucked up. I was like, I'll just follow him outside. And uh, which you should never do to someone like Conway. You know what I mean? And I had like, I just started asking him questions and like smoking a blunt with him. And uh, he was like, you're a comedian? Like, really? Like, oh, you did the comedy store? Like the first time you did comedy? Like, and we just started talking. And he was like, "I, I like, I fuck with you a little bit. Like. There's no reason for him to talk to me longer than 10 minutes, so we talked for like 30 minutes. And then the next time I went to see a show with him, I was so drunk that when I met him, I reintroduced myself, not thinking that he would remember me. And he remembered. And he remembered, and he was kind of like, oh, this drunk. You know what I mean? He was like, damn, like this kid kind of fucked I know know what you're saying. I've been been in that situation It's awkward. Exactly. And then the next time is in the green room, like... This is a couple months ago, uh, maybe like eight months ago, at a show in Boston. And um, I go into the green room, and he's with my boy doing business. And uh, he goes, I don't really fuck with that kid. <laughs> and I'm in the green room. And he's saying this to my boy, not about you. Yeah, and he, my, he doesn't know that that's my boy. Like he, and my boy goes, like, to be honest, like I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Like I can vouch for him. And Khan's like, really? And I Flea was there and Flea Lord vouched for me and me fuck. So like he was like, All right. And then I asked him, I was like, I know you don't like I just heard what you said. (laughs) Do you want to do a No, I didn't even hear that. I asked him to do a podcast and he was like, Yeah, we'll talk about it. That's wild. And then he must have listened to one and commented on Instagram, uh, I'm gonna like come on the show. And then he invited me, th- this is a long story to start off the podcast, but uh, he, um, he invited me to Buffalo, like, and we were going to do a podcast, and it was, we were supposed to do it at 3 in the afternoon, and I waited until about 10 p.m. That's sad. And at 10 p.m. I'm not shocked. Not at all, and I'm not upset about it. And his yeah. manager texts me, and he's like, hey, we're going to the club. Khan says, you can come to the club, and maybe we can do the podcast after. So we go to the club and we end up getting fucked up at the club. And then we go back to the studio. He really does the podcast. So we did it like 2 a.m. Like super fucked. Super fucked up. Got super personal. But like that's the whole story of my like relationship with Khan. That is very, very cool. (laughs) All from that like one conversation in the beginning. What was your like introduction into everything? I know you said you interned for Um, uh, Siphon Rosenberg, but like how did you get that? What was your intro? Um, so number one, my name 
isn't my name on social media. My real name's Dan Robinson. Yeah, D-Rob. I was wondering. Yeah. yeah. So my dad was a producer for Kiss FM, which is like a R&B soul station. Yeah, I know Kiss FM. And it was right next door to Hot 97. And I asked to be an intern. They were like, no. <laughs> Not if you're related. And oh, then no like someone backed out. Yeah. And they were like, do you want to come in at 5 a.m. tomorrow? And I was like, or 4 a.m. And I was like, okay. How old were you? I was tw- 21. I was just turned 21. It was like 2009. Wow. Yeah, I was a junior in college. And uh, and you wanted to. You were fans of them? Yeah. I was like, I was, yeah, I was soft. Yeah, was, yeah, I was a, I kind of, they were brand new. So, like, I didn't really know that much. And I was going to school in Connecticut. So, it's not like I heard it a lot. Oh, so you just wanted it. I just wanted to, I like hip hop music. And I wanted to work in radio, and I did radio in college. I would do a weekly radio show, and I would get kicked off all the time. Why? Because I would do stupid things. Like, I would have my friends call in and say, really? (laughs) The kid who managed the radio station was my roommate, but we didn't like each other. So my (laughs) friends would call in and say really shitty things about him and put on, like, accents and stuff. And I also would try and, like, think of funny things to do and, like... I think the worst thing I ever, it wasn't even that bad, but like, I guess when you realize that like it goes off a mile of the campus, I went to University of Hartford. Uh huh. Um, it was going into my senior year, and um, Michael Jackson had just passed away. And R. Kelly, the first week of school, announced that um, he was going to do a, a collaboration album with him. <laughs> and I just said to my friends, I was like, let's think of the top 10 album titles that it would be for those two together. <laughs> And within five minutes of saying them, they switched it to autoplay. Oh, and I wasn't allowed to do the radio anymore for like three weeks. And some of them were like B-sides for the Wii-sized. Or like Chocolate Factory 2, Double the Trouble, Half the Age. Like stupid shit like that. Yeah, getting you kicked off. There's like certain things that I can remember really fast. And yeah. that's one of them because it's just so stupid. That's so fun. But, so you get the internship. Yeah. And it was like my first time ever being an intern or doing anything like that. But like I was so into it and like eager. Sorry. Um, They were like, they would be like, go get us coffee. And I would sprint. It was five o'clock in the morning. Like I didn't need to sprint, but I was like very eager. And um, I just kind of did whatever they need to. I it would answer the phones. I would da 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 all this stupid shit, and then like, and I was quiet though. I like wouldn't say a word. And did you always want to be behind the scenes? I wanted your... to. I wanted to work in radio, and I liked what my dad did. He edited and like produced and all this stuff. And um, John Starks from the Knicks, he walked into the the station to go to Kiss FM, and like my eyes lit up. That's my favorite basketball player of all time. Oh, really? he dunked over Michael Jordan like that. And I'm a I'm a New Yorker. It's the cool, I have like the poster, and um, I like ran into the studio during a commercial break, and I was like, "John Starks is here," and Saifa said, "Who's John Starks?" Because he doesn't know sports. Yeah, I was about to. I'm, and, I'm with Saifa on this. And one. the producer, uh, of the show and Rosenberg were like, "Oh, you like John Starks? Give us a few minutes." And then they told me that I had ten minutes to think of ten questions, and they're gonna make me interview him on the air. Had you ever interviewed before? No, I've never done anything. It was the first time I really spoke to them. I was always very quiet. And yeah. then, like, I was so nervous. They brought me in. 
and they asked him how old he thought I was, and he said 16, and I was 21. <laughs> they said that a bunch of times on it. And then I, like, I asked my 10 questions, how to feel to dunk over Michael Jordan, like stupid shit like that. But while I was doing the interview, they started like passing me questions that like I didn't want to read. Like one of them was like, uh, how how sweaty was whatever player? Like you must have bumped into him. That must have been gross. And he was like, next question. <laughs> it just got very awkward. And then they chopped it up and put it on the radio. And like I sounded like a fucking idiot, like <laughs> nervous idiot. And then people liked it and they started bringing me on more. And then and that was your role. It was an intern view. And then they started bringing like Rosenberg was away and it was like a black, a Puerto Rican and a Jew walk into a radio station. That was like their tagline. And they're like, well, we don't have a Jew today, so you're going to do the news. And they would write me like the worst things to say. And I would be nervous and we'd pre-record it and I would fuck up. And but they would keep that in purposely. Yeah. Like and then I sat in on their podcast and they slowly were like, you need a name. Your dad's name is Billy. You're like Billy Jr., Billy June. And, and now where... there's so many people that don't know what my name is. People think my name is Billy and like my name isn't Billy. Yeah, I did. My name's Dan Robinson. <laughs> you say it like it's something you need to get it's, off your no, chest. No, because it's weird. Like, like, I my need people. damn name there's is so many Billy people June. That don't know that my name, like people, like there's people that are like, why'd you just call him that? Or why'd you call him Dan? People get confused on both sides of things. Yeah. But and, and that I, was like, that was 12 years ago. Yeah. And then I started doing their podcast with them. I was sitting in and they. And that was the first hip hop podcast? Ever. Juan Ep. Yeah. It was used to be called Juan Epstein, but they shortened it. Oh. Because of. I always wondered. <laughs> it's based, based off uh, that show, Welcome Back Cotter from the 70s. Okay. Because the, there's a guy in the class that's Puerto Rican and Jewish. And that's his name. Wow. Um, but then they took up that Steen because of Jeffrey Epstein and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they like they shit on me. There was one day where I was sitting in on their podcast and they asked me how many girls I had sex with. <laughs> and it's this is one of those things where like I don't it's weird to talk about. But so many people have met me now and said, like, I know this story because that's what I'm known for. So I'm just like I've embraced it. Yeah. But like I said, none. And then every time I would go to the radio station, they would bring me on the podcast and ask me if I had sex. <laughs> and then I finally... Well, did you have thick skin before that, or did you have to build it over time? I think I always had it. Because okay. I was bullied and yeah. shit like that. Um, and But like they would just bring me on, and I was just, that's what I was known for for a long time <laughs> until it happened. And now I'm just known as like the guy that does all... like. I'm, it used to be like the sidekick, but now I brought the podcast back, and now they're, I'm like the producer of it. It's yeah. kind of cool, full circle. That is, that's what I, that's crazy. That like, one you produce, like you now were on the it. first like rap, and then you brought it back. So you were saying that. How did you bring it? Like, how did you help it get back? Um, I didn't have a job, and I was like freelancing and trying to figure things out to work on, and I like. I love listening to podcasts. I listen to way too many of them and I missed that podcast. Like I wasn't even just like into it because I knew them or like I've been on it. Like I le legit like love it. Cause like they ask the real cool questions. Like they asked Kanye what his favorite equipment was not like the regular yeah. bullshit. And that's cool I, that you're still a fan after. Yeah. All and then I said to them, I like wrote out, 
I wrote out like a full out proposal and I was like, hey, you guys should, that's, yeah, that's how I am. And I was like, hey guys, um, you guys should, here, I sent you guys an email, you should check it out. I think you should bring the podcast back because now you're not around each other all the time. <laughs> you can do it online whenever you want and you can send anybody a link, like your guest range is way better than it used to be. And it took like two months. Had but, you kept in contact with them? Yeah. And like, and I just would be like following up and da da da. And then one day, like they both looked at it and they're like, let's try it. And it's been going since. And we started Patreon and they didn't really understand what Patreon was at first. But once it started making money, they started liking it a lot more and doing a lot more with it. They're like, oh, let's do an extra two hours. Let's. How was it coming back? Was it, did it feel like natural when it came back? It, it felt natural because they hadn't talked to each other in so long so it was like a well, and cool... you had kept in contact with both of them separately yeah, yeah. or at like and like right before the pandemic hit they did like a thanksgiving eve party dj party so like i had just seen them right before that and i'd stuck with them because like also i was like running comedy shows and cypher does comedy yeah and over the pandemic i did these like weird i was trying to learn how to edit video i had a full-time job but like when I wasn't in an office anymore, I had a lot more free time. Uh-huh. And there was like a free version of, or a 90 day trial of Final Cut Pro. And I was like, let me try to learn how to edit video. And I was just trying to like think of things to edit and I couldn't think of anything. And I said to like, they're on my Instagram. They're really, really bad. Um, I said to my friend, like, wouldn't it be funny if like, or how dumb is this? If I tried to do like a vlog, a fake vlog video telling like a story from an old job that I had, because like I used to work on Love and Hip Hop and all these weird shows yeah. and crazy shit would happen. And I was like, well, what if I did it like trying to tell the story, but I'm too nervous because that's who I really am. And the 60 second hits and I never f actually tell the story or I never <laughs> finish it. And he was like, it's super dumb, but you should try it because then you can learn how to do it. And it did really well. And someone was like, you should do it again. So I kept doing it. I think I did like six of them. And the last two were Saifa and oh, Rosenberg. Wow. I got them to come on Zoom. And I had them hung up, hang up on me. <laughs> so I'm like sitting by myself. Because I like didn't have any more ideas on like how to end it that way. But like they got a ton of views. And I just stayed in touch with them that whole time. Wow. How was it doing the live show then with Jim Jones and everything? They hadn't seen each other in person in two years. Saifa and Rosenberg. That was the first Wait, time. Wait, that was the first... Because I was at that show, too, yeah. I, for listeners. That was the first time they had seen... That's crazy. Been in person together. Wow. And we had almost hit a year of doing the podcast remotely. Wow. And I think they want to do it more. They had a lot of fun. It's, it was stressful, though. Like, there's so many moving parts, and, like, I'm so shocked still to this day that we started on time and we ended on time and they all showed up on time. I told them like an hour early to be there. That's a good move. Because I was like, there's no way that, that two comedians, Siphon and Rosenberg and Mano and Jim Jones are going to show up on time and yeah. do. How and did you guys New York, get Mano and Jim Jones for it? Uh, uh, their, their PR person is the same person. Oh, okay. But it was crazy because like it was the middle of the New York Comedy Festival. And there was another podcast after us. So, like, we had to be done at that time. And I was, like, stressing about that. But it ended up working out. Yeah, and, you don't really get to enjoy it. When oh, you're I didn't enjoy it at all. <laughs> but then I went back and listened to it and watched it. And I really enjoyed it. That's awesome. And it was cool because, like, 
I got to pick people that I liked on the other end of the spectrum of like, I got to like pick comedians to like mix up with it. Yeah. Because we do have comedians on the podcast a lot. But we were like trying to figure out like who would be good for a live one. Ricky's with one of the funniest comedians. Like, it, we I was on the phone with Saifa and we were like trying to figure out like who's gonna work and who's not. First, it was supposed to be Jared Freed. Okay, he's super funny too. Really, it, really I don't know funny. if it would have worked though. No, I don't think it would have worked. We replaced him with Reggie Conquest, who's like amazing. Yeah, and he didn't give a fuck. Yeah, he was. He said some things where I was like, "With this, we might be in trouble." <laughs> That's crazy, though. Like, when you uh, got the internship, like, you wanted that internship. So you wanted to be in radio. And I love, and I, I'm, like, I'm like a music nerd. Like, I love finding music early. I do, and too. And sending it to people. And yeah. I loved, I did, like, a college radio show, and I was, like, always playing stuff. Like, if something came out an hour before, like, I would download it onto my iPod and, like, put it on, like, um, I'm, like I'm really into music. And, like, it's weird because, like, my musical changes have my musical tastes have changed so much since I was like younger yeah. to now. Like I still listen to everything, but like I've definitely like changed. I've kind of realized that everything connects in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Like my dad brought me up listening to punk rock music. Okay, that's like all I listen to. And then, like, I slowly started listening to hip-hop music. Who were the first, like, hip-hop artists you were listening to? Um, I loved Busta Rhymes. And then, like, Tribe Called Quest and, like, things like that. And then, trying to... I had... I'm older. I'm, like, 34. Like, Mm -hmm. I like Nelly. Like, I like... That's what I was listening to, like, all... But, like, Busta Rhymes was, like... Nellyville's a great album. like, Dangerous and, like, all that. That was, like... Because I was watching MTV Mm -hmm. and all that. And then, like, I slowly started listening to more, like, uh, rock music, like, indie rock music. And then, like, oh, I love, I grew up listening to Outkast. Yeah. But then I started listening to, like, more rock music, but still listening to hip-hop music. And then lately, it's been, a, like, a lot of, like, soulful R&B, like, folky music. But I'm also, and I also, but I'm also starting to realize, like, it's all the same. Like, the soulful, funky beats are the same things that are used yeah, it's all, in a hip-hop yeah. song. Like, it's all, and punk music. And ska music used horns and the same drums. So, like, it's, it's kind of all the same. No, I do. So. Not all the same, but you know what I mean? Like, they interweave yeah. in certain ways. No, I, I totally agree. But did you think, like, when you started, did you think this is what you were going to be doing? Like, what was your plan? What did you want? I just wanted to work some. With music. And, with and, music and entertainment. And I loved comedy. I, like, been. I remember, like, this is crazy to say out loud like i remember i used to come home from school and like um vh1 and comedy central were the same channel sorry i touched them like um and uh comedy central would go till five and then it would switch to vh1 so when i got home from school it would be like half an episode of snl an old episode of snl and then a comedy central presents and i would watch that when i got home and then it would switch to vh1 and, like, my dad always let me watch, like, he would, like, record SNL for me and, like, bought me the tapes. Yeah. And I, like, always loved stand-up comedy. So, like, and then when I met Saifa, it was even better because, like, he does both. And they both did both on the radio show. They tried to, like, combine. And I always liked that mentality. So, like, even now that I run shows, comedy shows, our show's called Make It Clap. 
my friend and I, Tiana, my co-producer, we thought of the name. We went through every album that we loved. And we were like, what's funny that could work for hip-hop and comedy? And we're both like mid, like early mid-30s. And we're like, we're like, make a clap, like Busta Rhymes. And that's like, we start off every show that way. And like, our logo is is like the word make a clap with an ass. Yeah. And we're and like, that's like what our... But you've been able to create that. Like, you got the internship. But we kept, yeah. yeah but... And uh, and she also used to work with Saifa. So that's how we like met each other. So we like kept that same mentality of like mix it together and like whether we hire a DJ or like I, I'm not a DJ, but I can play music sometimes. I can put on a good playlist <laughs> and I can download some instrumentals. Like we make sure like hip hop and is involved at some point. And like yeah. a few weeks ago, we, or a few months ago now, I, I hit up Nems and I got him to come to our comedy show and he, he uh, roasted the whole crowd. Oh, I was actually, I was talking to Nems about that the other day. I was with him. I uh, <laughs> I met Nems before I any brought, of that. So, he's, yeah, so he's the best. you got him to do comedy. Yeah, and I don't know if he told you the story, but it, it did not, like, that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, so can you tell me the story? So, yeah, I guess it's, it's gonna, I'm sure it's gonna sound differently than how he told you it, but, um... <laughs> I brought a girl on a first date to a strip club, and Nems was for Nems' appearance, and he told me then, so it wasn't like that's funny. The best place for it. Um, so basically, I've been friends with him for a long time. I met him at like one of Sifo and Peter's events through one of his friends, and um, we always stayed in touch, and I always see him everywhere. And he started sending me all of his "Don't Disrespect" videos. This is like months and months earlier, and he was like, "Yo, I should do comedy. I should try being a comedian." I was like. I got you one day. I never want to say yes to people. Yeah. And then like the week that everything just like blew the fuck up. We had a show that Friday and I texted him and I was like, yo, do you want to come on our show? And like, you can mess around with the, the DJ or with the host. And like, you can try comedy. And he's like, yeah, remind me on Friday. So then I hit him Friday and I was like, reminder. And I was like, you can mess with the da da da. Apparently, he didn't really mean that. He kind of was like, yeah, whatever. And then I am an idiot, and I made a whole real advertisement <laughs> using the bing bong and him on the street. And it said, like, bing bong, Nems just got added to make it clap comedy tonight. <laughs> and, like, did this whole fucking ad and tagged him in it and texted it to him. And he sent me, like, voice messages, like... I didn't commit to this. Why are you using my name and advertising? You, I get paid for shit like this. And like, I freaked out. I like felt, I was telling, I feel so bad. It's a miscommunication. I'll take you off. He goes, no, I'm on it now. People are asking me. I'll see you. And then he got there and he was really nervous and he had such a good time. And I like apologized to him and he was like, don't worry about it. I'm glad I did it. Oh, that's And it cool, ended up working <laughs> out. But like, I was scared. I thought he was going to beat me up. And like I know him really well, but like I've never seen that side. I was like, <sighs> the voice messages. Yeah, the, <laughs> so funny. the voice messages were really. I was like, I was at work like, and then my boss was sitting next to me, and I'm like new to my job. I'm telling him this, and he goes, "Cause that's the Bing Bong guy." I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> damn." And he did the out. show, and he was just roasting the audience. We brought him up at the end with the host, and I said, "You can make fun of me." 
and he brought me up on stage and he told the story of that story and he called me a human earthworm and he called me an armadillo without a shell <laughs> and i was so nervous i was just like taking it do you get starstruck anymore yes i'm still i get nervous i still get nervous around people that i know pretty well that are like yeah bigger it's just I'm have just, you been able to work with any of your like bucket list people uh i mean i'm trying to i don't even i'm like trying to think now yeah it's like have you ever worked with busta like have you met i him saw or? when i when i saw him at uh i saw him at the stand a few months ago that was pretty cool. oh the he was he was uh, at a Dave Chappelle show, and I went downstairs afterwards, and he was there. That was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, I'm trying to get Conway to do stand up. He says he'll do it, but I, I don't know if it'll actually happen. That could be happen. good. Fat Joe said to Nems that he wanted to try stand up, and I was like, oh, really? I was like, oh, that could be interesting. <laughs> he's pre- he's pretty funny. What do you? Ti's doing stand up now. Oh, really? I keep seeing it on Instagram. Did you know that Irish? He's doing... been going on the road with Donnell Rawlings, and he did Laughing Skull Lounge in Atlanta. Really? That's well, you ever... and he looks very happy in every photo. And I was like, "This isn't the Ti that I usually see." Yeah, Chappelle says that the like uh, rappers and comedians are very similar people. I think that's why hip hop and comedy work so well. Yeah, they're both American art forms too. Like, Amer, you know, like there's a lot of there's a lot of funny, yeah, rappers. Wicked. Who do you think the funniest rapper is that you've met? Uh, I think Jim Jones and Mano are pretty fucking funny. That, even if, even yeah. if, like, in if they're in that mood, they can be really funny. Yeah, and they're very um dry with it too. Action Bronson's really funny. Mm-hmm. All those I've guys. I've always wanted to meet Action. Oh, okay, that's that's one then on my bucket list. That I you got to work with. Him? I worked with him on the. Failed Hot 97 TV show that was on VH1 that was supposed to be like Curber Enthusiasm meets The Office. Wait, I don't know about this. It didn't go. It didn't go well, and they chopped it up and made it not very funny. But Action Bronson was on, and I told him I was a big fan of his. And you were working on the show? Yeah, I was a PA. It was the same company that made Love and Hip Hop, so I kind of convinced <laughs> them to let me go do it. Um, I told him I was a big fan, and he picked me up in the air and put me in a headlock, and someone took a photo of it. <laughs> And there's a video that uh, I have. It's like an infamous video. I can show it to you after. Of um, this is a crazy story. I when I first started when I first moved to the city and I was working on the Hot 97 show. I went out with Cypher to his improv show, and then to six different clubs in one night, all throughout the tri-state area. And the last one was, I think we were like, we started in Lower East Side at UCB East at his improv show. And then we went to Queens, the Bronx, <coughs> Long Island, Jersey, and then Brooklyn. And we ended at Lust Strip Club in Sunset Park. And it was the release party for Band from Radio. It was Mac Wilds, Mano, Saifa, and Nori. It was their single. Wow. And Drewski. And I was... We had had our rap party the night before, so I was very hungover. I didn't even drink the whole night. And I asked where the bathroom was, and they said, oh, well, down that way. And when I was walking to the bathroom, this stripper put her leg on my shoulder, and I got scared. 
So I didn't move. And then she did the other leg and she smacked me in the face with her ass three or four times. And they got <laughs> and because it was an album release party, they had actual cameras going all around and they recorded it and put it online and <laughs> sent it to me. And it's like to this day, like the most infamous video. I'll I'll show it to you. And I can't wait to it's, see that. And everyone's like, How, did you get pink eye and da 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 and all this stuff? But like Sypha made me show that to Action Bronson and he watched it maybe 35 times <laughs> in a row. And then like I saw him two weeks later at Summer Jam and he's like, oh, you're the ass kid. <laughs> like he remembered me and I was you like, remember? this is so cool. <laughs> That's a good way to be remembered. That and I have a picture with him picking, picking me up in the air and putting me in putting a headlock. It, yeah. So I, I think I'd say is that was Is this what of... you wanted? Like, in, like or do you do in life what you wanted to do? I think it finally, I think I was figuring it out. I was like peeing for so long and doing, and I tried doing like production coordinator, talent coordinator, and slowly now I've like, think I've figured out the lane of like, I like doing both hip hop and comedy stuff, but like running stand up shows and booking them are really fun, even though it's very difficult. And I love doing the podcast stuff, and now I have like a full time job, and I'm working on uh, all these sneaker shows for Soul Collector and Complex, and like, it's a cool balance in between because I also really love sneakers. Like it's cool to like work on that stuff. But like the, f we do this show called, um, there's a bunch of shows. Have you ever heard of the caffeine app? They no. do like battle rap and stuff. And no. all the so it's like an app for live streaming. So we, I'm working for that on there. So like one show is, um, a sneaker unboxing show. That's what I did today. Oh, wow. And like this girl's, her name's Brianna. She's fucking awesome. And she just, she knows everything about sneakers. She opens each one and like says, do one that's a sneaker bracket. So like, it'll be like sneakers based on cartoons, like stuff like that. And then we do one, we do a few more, but the coolest one is it's called sneaker battles and smoke Dizza hosts it. Oh, I have heard of that. And yeah. so the first episode we got to do, it was styles P and havoc. And so we think of seven categories like best red carpet shoe and then they bring seven pairs of sneakers and it's live streamed and the audience is the voters and they're commenting and it it's so much fun who do you think has the best shoe collection that's tough i've been and i had to watch every single episode to like research to help with the show but it's been cool because like slowly but steadily they're like do you know anybody that's a sneakerhead who would you suggest and like we're starting like I feel like I finally like hit a spot where like we were like oh oh what comedians and I uh, you said you're friends with Sam J yeah I suggested Sam J and now they're reaching out to her right now I don't know if it's gonna happen but like they were said to me like make a list of comedians that you know that have cool I like I put Sypha on there Sypha has like three four hundred pairs of sneakers oh shit that no one's ever seen damn so that is. Like, cause you were talking about like working with Laugh Boston when you were like didn't know what to do. I was that is a job that I. It was interesting. I don't want to like. No, I know. Sit up, but now like, you get to do what you yeah, want to do. Yeah, and it's cool, and like. And it's full circle. It really with. is, cause like, and now I get to like bring people, on, or I bump into people that like I, used to work with, and now we're like on different. The kid who recommended me for this job. He's now the production manager of all the shows. We were PAs together and we like bought everybody lunch and would drive everybody around. So it's like very cool to go like full circle. Yeah. He called me and he was like, they want someone that has like live show experience, but 
comedy and music experience, I think you'd be good for it. And now, like, it's been three or four months and I'm working there, and it's, like, super cool. Did you ever want to be a comedian? No. You Everyone's always, always like, told me my whole life, you're not funny. <laughs> Same with me. <laughs> but do you, you always wanted the behind the scenes? Yeah. But and like every you once are, in a while, you do get the spotlight. Every like, once in a while. Like, I'm fine with that little jump on and for a few minutes at a time. Because yeah. when I ask. When you, I feel confident, I'll jump in for a second. Yeah. And, or I get put on when I'm uncomfortable and they know it's going to work. Because when it, you, when I asked you on the podcast, you were like, I'm the, like, you. you I'm the were, guy that they shit on. Like, that's <laughs> the produce. Like, this is a very different kind of podcast. Like, your producer just chimes in every once in a while but like it's not like most podcasts like the producer is like a a main character and most of them it's not usually it's like the like they mess with them yeah and like that's me (laughs) i like have thick skin and i'm like just ready to get messed with and you've been doing it for 12 years at this point yeah on and off yeah yeah but even like when i'm out with comedians like i can't say anything or wear something without getting like something said to me (laughs) like right now like they told me that i need to stop wearing plaid shirts because i look all i need is a maga hat and i would look like a lumberjack (laughs) (laughs) and i was like i need to go to the barber (laughs) that's why you were like i need to get the haircut but you came on today yeah in general i needed to do it but like Mm -hmm. i was like oh no that's cool that you embraced it because you said you got like bullied as a, a kid and stuff yeah, well, it was always short and nice. Yeah. Not it not like I'm not someone who like fights with people. Yeah. I was just there and very shy and I pe- feel that people too. took advantage of it mm-hmm. of like niceness and stuff and like there's a lot of like things that I like and I I grew up in like a very like weird town of like it was like a mafia town. Not not a mafia town, but like there's definitely underlines of that. It was like the Jersey Shore of Westchester, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like I'm 34. The Jersey Shore TV show came out in like 2009. My prom photo, I'm not in it. Like that people that I know are in, it looks like the Jersey Shore in 2006. I didn't go to my prom either. I went, but I didn't take, I wasn't with those people. Uh, oh. But there's photos online where it, Literally looks like the famous show. Yeah. Years earlier. But it's in Westchester. I skipped my prom to go to a Bill Burr show. Really? And I'm getting to meet him. Yeah. I went to a comedy show after my prom. I don't remember (laughs) any of it. Because, like, it was a crazy time. Yeah. That's something I really... This is going to... I hope this comes across as good to people listening to it. But it's like being a comedian and hanging with rappers and... I love that everyone's just the same. Like, I love how nice people are and how they want you to win and that, like, if you're doing what you want to do, like, it's really cool, like... I feel that way, too. Even with comedy, too. Yeah, there's way less dicks than you'd expect, or at least that I've dealt with. Yeah, no, I'm... With hip-hop, especially. Mm -hmm. Like, the the reason I even know about you, two different people told me about you, and, like, you have to reach out to him, and I did. But, like, and also, like, uh, it's nice being around people that are, like, always more comedy than 
hip hop, but they do do that too. They're all funny, but like, just it never stops. And like, you're even if you're just hanging out, there's always funny things and like observations that like, like I just like being out all the time. Like, yeah, when I'm sitting at home, like you're in your own head and you're like going crazy sitting at home or have to do your. But like when you're just out with people that are like. They see, like, yeah, you're a comedian. Like, you see things way differently than I do. And, like, just being around it is cool in itself. And when you get certain groups of people together, you're like, oh, my God, what is going on? Yeah. But it's cool. And everyone's super nice and wants everybody to win. And it's cool watching, like, people work on things and move up and down. Or not not down, but, like, up. Yeah. From slow some go slow some go fast but like it's the same thing as well, with hip hop too i bet that's crazy but there's for also you. different scenes too like there's a very indie hip hop scene mm-hmm. there's a very indie comedy scene like there's it's all it's all the same and they're all kind of intertwined it's like yeah. what you were talking about with music it's like there's so many more similarities that you think like i was at the uh, you know, the Danny Brown show, Bruiser Thanksgiving. And I Zach heard he Fox started doing there. stand-up. He did. Yeah, I was talking to him about it. Uh, we were fucking <laughs> tripping on mushrooms that I was talking about. That's crazy. Uh, him doing stand-up, but, like, Zach Fox was there. And, like, I love talking Zach to, Fox. I love Zach Fox, too. Like, I love him as a musician. I love him as a performer. I love him as, like, a, a comedian, but, like... Him and Sam J, very close friends. And yeah, like, he worked on her show. Yeah, and she has that new show coming out with like Langston Kerman and Jack Knight. Nine, yeah, and Zach wrote on that. And now Freddie Gibbs is in it. Oh, really? Freddie Gibbs is the. Have you ever met Freddie Gibbs? I haven't, but I heard he's. I heard he's pretty amazing. Yeah. Have you ever done hallucinogens? No. I smoke weed and I drink alcohol, and that's it. I I'm. I'm already too like. I, this is going to sound really silly, but, like, I know that if I smoke weed, all I need to do is, like, eat food and it'll go away mm-hmm. how I'm feeling. Yeah. I can't control anything else. No, I get what you And mean. I'm, like, too nervous to do it. And then some people are like, oh, but, like, it might help you. And I'm like, I just don't. No, I feel what it. you mean. The, the going out um, all the time, I feel the same way. Like, that's the reason... Like, I was a lonely kid. Like, I stayed in and played video games all day. Like, I didn't go out. Like, I didn't have many friends. Like, now I like that I can create my life. That like yeah. with, that I can go out and hang with yeah. cool people. Like, I can do this with you and then go to... I'm going to Philly after this to do a podcast with some really funny comedians. You know Dad Meat? No. Uh, Michael Rainey... Um, oh, someone brought, someone brought them up to Tim, me like Tim Butterly. Tim Butterly yeah, yeah, someone brought them up to me literally two days ago. Oh, really? So I'm going to Philly to do that podcast. Like, I like that I can create a life now. Because, like, I don't know how you feel, but, like, when I was a kid, I didn't think I'd be able to do the stuff I do now. No, I didn't either. Like, no one told me that I could live life a cool fucking way. Yeah. And, like, now I'm, like, I'm utilizing New York City Maybe too much sometimes, but, like, there's always something going on. And also, like, I I know this sounds silly to say, but, like, I feel like if you're not out and about all the time, people forget about you. So I try to be out all the time, and, like, 
I love going to, like, whether it's a concert or a comedy show or just, even if I'm not watching the show, like, I'm hanging out. Yeah. At the place. But I just feel like if you're, like, why not utilize New York City? Like, no one else gets to experience this. That's why I come and I every travel night, here. Every night. There's yeah. something every night. You could go, to, if you're, like, really good at, like, staying on a schedule, which I don't do as often as I used to, but, like, mm. it's the same thing with a comedian. Like, if you figure things out, like, Mark Norman, for example, he does six or seven spots in one night all over the city. Like, my friends live in L.A. now. Some of them have moved to L.A. One of them is, like, such a hip-hop nerd You and a comedian. You would love him. You should interview him. He's oh, what's his name? Rob Hayes. Do you, that sounds familiar, too. Do you know why Rob Hayes, Irish? But um, I'll get in contact. He's the best. Um, he said, he goes, I get two spots a week at most living in L.A. And then he comes to New York and, like, stacks it up. Yeah. It's wild. That's why I want to, like, with this podcast, I started it not knowing anything. Like, you know, we started this, I don't, everything I've gotten, it's just kind of like I've tried to figure it out. And I want to come to New York so bad, but it's expensive. So, like, I know. I'm figuring out, like. I live in a, ha- in a lady's house with three roommates. Yeah. So you understand. And I pay cash under the table. Like, I've been living there six years, and it's cheap, and I'm really sticking with it. Wow. That's pretty cool. I mean, there's downsides, obviously. Of course. It's not like, but but I do it because, like. You love. It's manageable, yeah. and I can live off, live that way. I'm also not home that much. Mm-hmm. If I, I think that if I was home more, I wouldn't. Well, that's too. the reason that you can go out. You like you want to go out and all that. It makes so. it definitely makes me stay out more. Yeah, but about the being relevant, that that's really important because I see people who do podcasts and I see people who do things, but then they take these long breaks, and it doesn't matter how big the guests you get are. To me, at least, I just want to be consistent. Yeah, and like it's really cool that I get to talk to who I want to. But people don't realize I release three a week, and people aren't listening to the other ones as much. Like, yeah. someone commented on YouTube today, can you talk to people other than Griselda? And I was like... You haven't listened to everything. I have 170 episodes out in less than two years. Do you really That's think amazing. there's 170 Griselda members? Like, That's amazing. Also, 170 think, in two years? Yeah. That's insane. I think that's the only reason that I was able to break through is because I really did, like, I'm not a great interviewer. I get too stoned. I'm anxious, so I get too anxious during an interview. But I've released more episodes than anyone else. Like, I've done the work of, like, three years of podcasting in the time, you know? or Yeah. I've. This is going to go back full circle, but I'm going to ask you, can I ask you a question? Of course. So... This is going to go back full circle. First, I'm going to ask you somebody's name. Yeah. Either way, I'm going to tell you what happened, but... Okay. Do you know who Mike Denny is? Denny LaFlair, the producer yeah. for Griselda? Mm-hmm. So, my first one, my second internship ever was at Caroline's, and he was the social media guy. We became friends. Really? And he's a really big hip-hop head, and he played me... Odd Future before it was big. He played me Takashi Six Nine before it was big. He played me Griselda before it was big, and he was a he's a stand up comedian. And is he, he? 
he was. Um, and he uh, invited me to my first ever bar show that I ever went to, not like a, a comedy club. <laughs> and it was him and Nimesh Patel and Michael Che. And it, wow. I, most of the people that I know now and why I'm doing all this is because he invited me and he introduced me to a ton of people. That's beautiful. Like it's wild. honestly my mind. Like and now when I see his name in the the yeah. producer credits, I'm like, this is so cool because he used I to tell to me. I have to talk to him now. He, if he, he did to, stand up, like you, he used to talk about like, oh, I did a uh, a beat for these people <laughs> and like a long time ago. Because I love his. He wrote work. the he wrote the jingle for uh, I think it was Pepto Bismol. <laughs> He's really cool. Really? Oh, my, I'm I'm. I'll and, message him soon. I need to talk to but, him. But um, he uh, he he brought he invited me to the show. And, that's like, beautiful. And it's funny because like, I met a lot of people through it, but like, you're talking about like anxiety and stuff, mm-hmm. and, like socializing and stuff. Every time I went to it was every Monday. It was called uh, New York City Broken Comedy, and like, this was like 2015, 2016, and like, it was those guys were hosting, which was crazy. Yeah. And, like, Michelle Wolf was there. Mark Norman was there. <laughs> uh, Hannibal was there. Like, people, Jermaine Fowler. Like, people like that before they were, like, anybody. And, um, but it was funny because, like, I would always bring somebody with me because I was too scared to go by myself. I also had just moved to the city. And um, I always brought somebody with me because I was too nervous. But then yeah. I would hang out and meet everybody and drink and smoke and whatever. And I, yeah. that's how I became friends with a lot of people. But um, All because of death. There was one day where I was working on, um, it was like my second or third day working at Impractical Jokers. And my friend who goes with me to those shows, she couldn't go with me. And we got out of work at like six o'clock and we went to happy hour and it was like seven. And I was like feeling kind of nice. And I was like literally three blocks from the venue. And I was like, I'm just going to go. I'm right here. Let me just see what it's like going by myself. And there was a kid that I met a m- multiple, multiple times named Matt. And um, on Instagram, he's PBS the photographer. I'll tell you in a second. It's fucking crazy. So, like, I used to, he would hang out afterwards as well. And he always had a friend with him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, can I sit next to you? And he's like, yeah. And now he's the photographer for my, for my show. That's we met in 2015, 2016. Now he's the photographer for my show, but like he shot on tour with Michael Che and all these people, and now he's the photographer for The Daily Show. But he wasn't advertising that he was a photographer then. In that moment, he was too scared to tell anybody he was a photographer. But it's wild that like the one day that I went by myself, and then after that, I felt comfortable going by myself. But like that's somebody who like I now work with all the time. But we were just two nerds that really like stand up and we're going to the shows every week. That's beautiful. And now we're like working together in different forms, but also on a show together. It's pretty cool. I had to shake your hand for that one. It's pretty cool though. No, but it shows really like is. that full circle omens, like omens how nervous you were yeah. to go by yourself. Man, that's Irish. I don't even know if Irish you know this shit. But like I'm a very anxious person and when I started I know you know that, don't you fucking laugh. I'll come uh, jump over this table and fuck you up. I'm three white claws deep. <laughs> no, but uh, he had a shirt, a big Jay Okerson shirt on at one of the open mics. 
and I wouldn't really talk to anyone. I would get there really early so I could like get early up on the list, you know. And he had a big Jay Okerson shirt on, and I talked to you, and like we would talk at open mics, even if it was small, but it was just someone that like I really wanted to. And then uh, I went through a bad breakup, which helped me start the podcast. And the day after I went got broken up with a friend was going to Irish's podcast and um, and he invited me along. He's like, do you want to come and just, I know you're, this might be good for you to get yeah. out and do this podcast. And that was like the first time we hung outside of that. That's crazy. And that friend, that friend was also, I've been telling this story about the day before I started my podcast. I came to them with the idea. The day before I started recording, some of my closest friends in comedy all told me not to do the podcast. They were like, it's a dumb idea. Not it's a dumb... They were yeah. like, it's a dumb idea, honestly. And Thatcher, the person who brought me that first time, was the only person... Who said... Who said, do it? you should do it. That's amazing. And I came, and this is... They're now in New York working for some crazy people. And now, like, I get to interview people, like, who I get to. It's... When you really I, trust in yeah. people and really do like we as a lonely person, I was scared person. to pitch Juan Juan up to those guys. Yeah, I wrote a whole proposal. <laughs> I was like, they're gonna say no to me. They're gonna say no to me. Yeah, in a million years, I didn't think that would happen. And you got to think about history. You're now a part of it, like hip hop history. And sometimes, and the the people they get are fucking nuts. Yeah. Sometimes they just do a whole episode where they're like, let's just see who answers the phone. A lot of people don't answer. Who's the, the phone. craziest person who has answered the phone? Mark Ronson. And they were doing a bracket. <laughs> they were doing a bracket for the anniversary of um, Nas, uh, Illmatic. They made a bracket. We made a bracket, and we were like trying to pick the best one. Yeah. And he didn't answer the first time, and then he texted, and they told him, and he he called, and in the same episode, they had thirteen. I had to edit it down. 13 people didn't answer. But Q-Tip and Mark Ronson called back. <laughs> Those are and it ended up being like even better because the whole bit was like them getting not no one answering them. And then like these two answer and it just turned into like it went from like oh, this is embarrassing to like such These are a the fucking... two coolest people. Yeah. But as like people who, I don't know, didn't trust people growing up as much. It's cool yeah. like when you trust in people and really put yourself out there that it does work. I've definitely put myself out there a lot more than I used to. Like, I, I really, really have. I'm like not, I'm still, a, I'm still a nervous wreck and like awkward and have anxiety. But like, I've definitely like put myself out there and have, have done a lot more than I used to. And I think living in the city helps. Being around all the people. And also, like, there's no... You can just get on the train whenever. It's it's definitely helped. I'm like, I just know that I'm, like, not that far. It's not like when I lived in Westchester and I was like, I have to I have to make sure I get the train at 156. <laughs> otherwise, I, the next one's at 5 a.m. Or a $200 cab to go 30 minutes. And, like, now, I've, since I moved, I was, like, never going back. And I also don't like driving. I've had many bad, as a kid who worked in TV, driving in New York City is the worst thing in the world. Yes. Especially when you're not a confident driver. And like I... I'm never, a confident driver and I'm I hate not, driving And I've, I've gotten into accidents. I've driven, I drove for love and hip hop. 
and you drove for loving. I would love imagine. I, got, I have imagine one good one being for you. a rapper, Ugh. and you get in the car, and you're the oh, all right. <laughs> I have one. I have one good one. All right. Um, I was working the Love and Hip Hop Atlanta reunion, <laughs> but they shoot it in. They shot it in New York, and um, I did like three or four trips the whole day, and I was super nervous and like can't believe I even like did it. Back and forth from the airport to the hotel, da da da, and I didn't live in the city yet, and um, the last people that got in my car, it was um, her name Mama D. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget. She's um, little Scrappy's mom. Okay, <laughs> it was Mama D this woman who's like the fiance of Benzino, <laughs> and then Benzino, <laughs> and like. I was it was super tired. It was like ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night. I was on like hour fourteen of working. It was like my third or fourth day working on this <laughs> for this company in general. And they kept like apologizing to me and da da da. And then like started like raining and thundering and like my GPS stopped working. And I said like, "Do you guys mind if I put on music?" I was like so nervous. I was like, "Do you guys mind if I put on music to like zone in?" And he was like, yeah, I want to see what a white boy like you listens to. But like, I had a good pot. I had a very good hip hop playlist. So he was pretty shocked. But then my GPS shit the bed. So he was like trying to help me. But like. Coyle Ray's dad. I did not know that until you just said that. Oh, that's really? Crazy. Um, yeah, that's Coyle Ray's dad. Um, and then um, fucking. Uh, You know, like when you get first get off a plane and you like have your phone off. I guess like this woman didn't have any service, so it's like me, a producer, and the three of them in the back. And I'm like really nervous in general. I'm tired. It's raining now and thundering and lightning and all this shit. And um, the I feel like it's a like a very contrived show. Yeah. They they know how to like get people, yeah, egged on and stuff, but like, she got a text from like an ex boyfriend who was like his best friend, and it definitely was like, a very dis like sexual picture, <laughs> and she showed it to him in the car. He didn't think it was funny. She was giggling, and like we had just gotten into Manhattan, and he was like, "Get me out of this car." And I was like, "What do I do?" And the producers like just keep driving, and he was like, "Get me out of this car. Get me out of this car. I don't want to be in here." Da da da. I was like, what do I do? And she was like, well, do the locks. And I was like, it's a rental car. The child locks are on. I couldn't do anything. <laughs> I was like pressing it. I didn't know what You're to do. I'm freaking Benzino out. It's now, like, it's now like midnight at this point. You're or kidnapping like, it's like Benzino. Mid midnight. And I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And he was like punching the window. And he's like, get me out of this car. And all this shit. I was like freaking the fuck out. And the producer said to me, the next red light. Just get out and open up the door quietly, like a little bit, and see what happens. And he jumped out. He jumped out. And, like, but as I was starting to drive, so it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And we're in the middle of Midtown. And then I guess, like, he thought that he jumped out when we were really close, but we weren't. So then he, like, started chasing us. <laughs> and then we get to the front of the hotel, and I'm so scared and so freaked out. He was like, screaming a lot. Then I stop. And I hit the brakes and I'm sitting there and I'm like just trying to compose myself and everyone gets out of the car and then 
she hadn't gotten out of the car yet, and then he gets back in the car, and I was like, just don't get back in the car, and they were, like, <laughs> fighting with each other and talking and da-da-da, and the producer was like, do you want to take a break? Like, you can go inside and get a glass of water from the hotel and all this and that, and I forgot to put the car in park, and I was in front of a uh, fire truck, <laughs> and I've never picked up and put down my foot so fast I missed it by, like, a centimeter. <laughs> put it in park, went in. And uh, Lil Scrappy's mom was like, now you know this shit's real. And I was like, it's my third day. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> and then, like, I called my boss. And I was like, he goes, are you okay? And I was like, I'm, I'm a little shook up, da-da-da. And he was like, where do you live? And I was like, I don't live in the city. And I was like, I already missed all the trains home and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, we have, like, a 6 a.m. call time. And I was like, okay. And he goes, this one of the guests didn't show up. Do you want his hotel room for the next two days? His name's Wacka Flacka. That's what he said to me on the phone. And like, I didn't have clothing, so like, they let me buy clothes in the morning and like all this stuff. But like, I got, but, but I guess like everybody, I guess they told everybody what happened. And the crew from Atlanta like had come up to do like the BTS behind the scenes shoots. Yeah. And like, I got to this hotel. And I, they were, like, all at the hotel bar, like, applauding me. <laughs> and I was, like, scared shitless. But the funniest part was when I went to go drive the car and park up where the hotel was, Yeah. Benzino got out and dapped me and goes, yo, that was a fucking funny, crazy ride, huh? And I was, like, shaking. <laughs> like, sh I was, like, this was not funny at all. Yeah, you're, like, I thought I was going to die. I just kept myself over. And then, like, the next day there was, like, it, it was an all-out brawl, and they had to kick the audience out and, like, people they they were throwing bottles at each other so the shit's real like it was really really real and like i was just like oh my god that all started in the car the night before <laughs> you're like this is because all i could i couldn't unlock the doors was, so i don't like driving in the new york city man thank you so much for doing this this was awesome thank you for having me of course I was nervous as fuck to do this i thought you didn't seem nervous at all i thought that was great you were like, I'm going to we'll shut in the down. comments <laughs> you were like i'm gonna shut down i was like nah this is great thank you for real. Thank you, man. Do you want to plug anything? Um, Juan Your, real Juan Your real name. My real name, Dan <laughs> Robinson. Um, <laughs> yeah. On Instagram. Do you Billy want me to? I'm going to put Dan Robinson AKA and then Billy June. and then in quotations. I mean, in parentheses, I'll put Billy. AKA Billy June. But you I'm going to put no. Do Billy June. No, I'm putting your real name I first. Don't, no, please don't. Because yeah, please don't. Um, <laughs> Billy June eighty eight on Instagram, and then I produce Juan Epp's life. It's a nerd, the nerdiest hip hop podcast. They talk about like the samples and the equipment and all that stuff. It's amazing. It was the first hip hop yeah. podcast, and, and I look uh, up to it heavily. And then um, I produce Make It Clap Comedy, which is a comedy show hosted by Matt Richards, and it combines hip hop and comedy. That's awesome. I'm gonna have to come out to see one of those shows yeah. sometimes. It's a, it's a fun time. Yeah. Sometimes you can see me bringing up the host and not remembering how to speak. Which or I think you saw Nems at the Juan Epp is Life. Yeah, or getting Nems to uh, yeah. almost beat to, you up at yeah. a comedy show. You never know what's going to happen. Man, thank you for coming on. Thank Thanks, everyone, so for listening. Irish, you want to plug anything? Uh, just add oh, this can that I dropped. Uh, it's Irish O'Neill and uh, too much content. Live. Peace, everyone. <laughs>